believe that the Spirit is here. We believe that His presence is here. And He's here to set us free. He's here to awaken our hearts to everything He has to say. To awaken our hearts to everything that He is. So let's lean in. Let's press in. Let's say yes. Come on, let's sing this out.
sing a song like this, I'm reminded of when I first met Jesus and I was just a little girl. And now here I am at 32 years old and I can stand on this stage and honestly say that knowing Jesus and being known by Jesus, it's better than I ever thought it could be. It's true. He is still my everything. He still has my heart and my trust and my devotion. Because church, and I believe every word that I'm sharing, Jesus is everything that we need. He is. If you need hope, if you need healing, if you need wisdom, if you need comfort today, if you need peace today, He's everything that you need and even more. spend my whole life singing praises to this God who saved me, who changed me, who gave me a new life. He's the reason I worship. He's the reason we're here today. He's the reason. And in Psalm 145, I just love what it says. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. So will you sing this, this old song with us? I sing praises to your name.
Oh 
Church, do you feel the great welcome of God this morning to us, his people? Yeah. You know, this morning, just thinking about our time together, and I just sensed the Lord was full of anticipation for what he wanted to do in us, for what he wanted to speak to us, for the things that he wanted to remind us about. And this morning, we're declaring Isaiah 6-3, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Let's just say that together, church. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Father, we worship you this morning. You are perfect. You are awesome. Oh, we breathe you in, God. You are so good. You know, when we declare that the Lord is holy, we're saying that he holds a category all to himself. He is separate. He is apart from us. He is perfection. There will never be a day where we will say, God is not perfect in his holiness. You know what that means for us? That when God interacts with us, he interacts with us in his holiness, in his perfection. And that's why worship is unlike any moment in our day, corporate worship, unlike any moment in our week, because we're encountering a perfect God with a perfect love that can redeem all things. Even the very worst parts of who we are, the parts of us that we're most ashamed to admit, God says, guess what, I am holy towards you in that, meaning I am perfect in the way I handle you, in the way I love you, in the way I redeem you. Makes me think of the 13 inmates that we baptized in Trinidad Correctional Facility. You know, they thought, hey, I'm defined by the fact that I'm an inmate. And God said, no, 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 you're defined by my holiness, by my love for you, by my perfection. And their life's being transformed. It's that kind of thing that we get to be a part of, church, as we get ready to give. That God wants to do amazing things through his church. That God wants to show the world what he's really like. Isn't that awesome? We get to be a part of that, guys. We as New Life Church get to show the world a little bit of what God is like. And that's a privilege. So let's pray for our offering this morning that the Lord would provoke generosity in our hearts so that he, his perfection could be made known in our city and around the world. God, we thank you that we're a part of your family, that you, a holy God, allow us an imperfect, sinful people to be made holy through your love, that we get access to you because of Jesus. And as we give, Lord, we pray that you would just smile upon our offerings and our tithes, that it would make you smile. God, we thank you for the provision you make for us. And now we turn and worship you right back with that. Thank you, Lord. Together we said as a church, amen. Let's keep worshiping. Your name is the highest, your name. Just for a little moment right here. Cause you're 
to be in the house of the Lord, worshiping the Lord, being in His presence. There's nothing like it. And now in just a few moments, we get to open the Word of God together. So before you do that, before we do that, why don't you greet someone around you, say good morning. Good morning, New Life North. My name is Josh. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. And my name is Callie. If it's your first time joining us today, or if you're looking for more information about ministries here at New Life, you can click the link below or scan the QR code. If you're joining us on Facebook or on YouTube, go ahead and give us a shout out of where you're joining us from. We'd love to say hello. So let's grab our Bibles, grab our notebooks, and let's plug in for this message. Good morning, good morning, how are you? Doing good, good to see all of you. I wanna hear a big shout from the parents who sent their kids off to school this week, come on. Yeah, feels good, right? That's a little foretaste of empty nesting. Just a little preparation. I'm just telling you, it's good to get the kids out of the house. And I wanna say again, I'm praying for our school teachers, administrators, school bus drivers, Whatever you do to serve our kids, can we honor the teachers, administrators, people that are teaching our children? I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I had a four-year career as a high school English teacher when I was in my 20s, and I was part of the ministry I was doing at this church, but I was also teaching high school English for four years, and I know it doesn't, you can't tell by listening to my vocabulary that I was actually a teacher of the English language, but I was. And I was good too, I was really good. I was a cool teacher, I was a cool young teacher. So I do have uh, empathy and sympathy for teachers who are doing that every single day. I know the preparation and the work that that requires and so I just honor you and bless you for this school year. Hey, I wanna tell you something. Uh, you know, I was gone for a few weeks over the summer so I wanna give you an update on a couple of things. One, if you remember back in the spring, we had a building basically drop right into our lap. A church in our city was going through a rough time. They were about to close their building down. We found out about it, came alongside them, and joined together our church with their church, and our Midtown congregation moved into that building. The building was valued at about $6 million, uh, several acres, 450-seat auditorium, and we, we uh, got the building for basically assuming the loan of $800,000. So we got a $6 million building for around $800,000. And better news is Midtown has doubled their attendance since they moved into that building. It's just an amazing story. They had, uh, they had 900 people on Easter Sunday. They're around 650 people now in our Midtown congregation. I'm so proud of Jade and Christy Duncan, the whole team there who has pastored so well and brought that congregation back to life. That's a real miracle story in our city. A church that was about to close has been brought back to new life, <laughs> though no pun intended. So I'm grateful for what the Lord is doing. That's, what, that's just the move of the Lord. That's God doing that. So let me tell you about something else. We have another opportunity, I believe, and I can't tell you all the details yet because it hasn't been voted on, but it's another building in town 
of significant size that could very well be a permanent space for New Life downtown. And, uh, and so New Life downtown has been meeting in Palmer High School for 12 years. So for 12 years, they have been setting up and tearing down their worship space. And thank God for faithful volunteers who show up there like at six in the morning on Sunday. I didn't know 6 a.m. happened on Sunday morning, but it does. And these, <laughs> these volunteers show up and set it up and they tear it down afterwards. But there is an opportunity maybe for another building. We're gonna take a look at that this week. So I want you to pray with me. And then the reason I'm telling you all this is we are seeing tremendous favor and blessings on these congregations. And it requires us many times to have cash on hand in order to do that. The reason we were able to say yes to Midtown is because of our debt. Is we've been tackling our debt here at New Life North. I think I've told you that when I came here 16 years ago, we had $26 million of debt. Two years ago, I challenged us to, to, to pay off that debt. We were $9.6 million of debt a year and a half ago, basically. As of today, we're down to 2.2 million dollars of debt. Thank the Lord. And thank you for being so generous. I mean, just the stories that I'm hearing from people who gave sacrificially and is paying off. We're seeing ministry happen because of the debt being paid off. Now, I want you to put on your calendar Sunday, December the 3rd. That's the first Sunday in December. We're going to have a special legacy offering and it's my desire it's my prayer that we knock out the debt this year at that legacy offering so sunday december 3rd if you've never been a part of this i want to encourage you to participate there is something powerful when a congregation in unity and solidarity come forward and collectively give toward a goal that probably m many of us in the room could not write a $2.2 million check. If you can, come see me right after the service because I have a special opportunity for you. But most of us can't, but together we can. And that's what makes these times so powerful to see our faith together in solidarity. And I want you to participate with me. I want you to pray and do whatever the Lord tells you to do. I trust you. You are mature, godly people. You're super generous. I've never doubted your maturity and I've never doubted your generosity. You're just the best people I know. I mean that sincerely. So pray about it. Let's knock it out so that we can take advantage of these opportunities that are coming left and right in our city. We're gonna see the kingdom of heaven come to Colorado Springs. We're gonna see people born again, people saved, people set free, people healed because of the work that God's doing in our city. Do you believe that, amen? Amen. All right, we're in a sermon series in 1 Kings, and we're turned with me to 1 Kings chapter four. And last Sunday, I, I talked about Solomon praying for wisdom. And I found myself all week long, like I asked you to do, I found myself all week long saying, Father, I'm, better, I'm like a little child. Please grant me wisdom to lead your people. And I hope you're praying that prayer with me because we're living in a, in a, in a time in, in our culture, in our time, in our history, where I believe the people of God need to be saturated and consumed with wisdom. Somebody say amen if you need some wisdom in the house this morning. I need wisdom, I need discernment. I was telling a, a close friend of mine this week that I want to know what is true. And I don't think I'm being told the truth. I, I'm, I have a strong suspicion that I'm being lied to that I'm being manipulated, that I'm being influenced in a way that I don't like it. I don't like it when people try to manipulate or, or influence me. I wanna to be told the truth 
and I want the wisdom to know it. Somebody, if you're, if you're with me, say amen. amen. So Solomon prays this beautiful prayer. Lord, I can't lead your people. It's too much for me. Give me wisdom. So I talked about him asking for wisdom in 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 4 is Solomon living with wisdom. And there's a difference between asking for it and living with it. And so I'm gonna show you this today. Now, just to give you some context for why 1 Kings is such an important book, this is a fulfillment of a promise that God made to Abraham first, but God also promised Joshua. Joshua promised the Israelites that this land that they, they would get, when they crossed over the Jordan River, he said this will be a place that is flowing with milk and honey. I don't know about you, but I like milk and honey. I don't know about together, but I like the idea of it, right? He said, this would be a place of blessing. What God was saying is if you will cross over into this promised land, I will bless you. This will be a place of my blessing. And so Solomon is about to see the promise come to pass, the promise that God made to Abraham, the God, promise that God made to Joshua, the promise that God made to the people of Israel is about to come to pass in 1 Kings chapter four. So in many ways, listen to this, really catch this. In many ways, Solomon is the new Adam, fulfilling the earth. Remember how it all starts in Genesis one, chapter one, two, and three. I am going to establish your dominion on the earth. Rule over the earth. Take dominion over animals and plants. Prosper with my blessings upon you. Solomon is a type and shadow of God redeeming an earth that has been scorched, that has been broken, that's been decimated by violence. So in many ways, Solomon is the new Adam. He, he's ruling over the earth and he sees Eden restored. That's a bold statement I'm making there, okay? But stay with me and listen to this passage of scripture with that in your mind, with that as the context. Listen to 1 Kings chapter four, verse 29. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Again, that's, that's Genesis language, right? That is, that is creation language. So Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. Again, stop with me just for a moment, catch this. <clears throat> Where were the Israel, Israelites slaves? Where were they slaves? Egypt. Where did, they, they, where did they face their greatest calamity? Where was the greatest amount of pressure put on the Jewish people? It was in Egypt. So God says, not only am I going to take you out of the land of Egypt, not only will I bring you to the promised land, I'm going to establish a leader in your midst that is more wise than the people who once captured you. See, this is a story of redemption. This is a story of God making things right. I wanna encourage some of you this morning, you're wondering, when will God make things right for me? When will God restore back to me what's been taken from me? This is a story of God restoring something back to the people of Israel that have been robbed. Their dignity had been robbed from them. They were slaves in a land. They were treated less than human. And yet God takes them out of slavery into the promised land and blesses them. He says, and his fame spread 
to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs. Many of them we have in the book of Proverbs. Many of those are from Solomon. And his songs numbered more than John Egan, a thousand and five. Uh, that's a lot of songs. That's a lot of music. <clears throat> Listen to this. He spoke about plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of walls. Now, I've been to Israel. I've actually seen the hyssop that grows out of the walls. It's beautiful. And he spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. And from all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we're here today because we are like children and we need your wisdom. You said if any of us lack wisdom that we should ask for it. And I pray today in this room and for everyone watching online, people all over the world that are watching, we're hungry and we're thirsty for the mind of Christ today. We're not here to be entertained. We're not here to be manipulated. We're here today to hear the voice of the Lord and we've already made up our mind to obey it. And we ask these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you agree with any of that, would you say amen? amen. So when we read this, I want you to catch a couple of things about wisdom today. God's wisdom is limitless. If that is true, do you believe that's true? Say amen if you believe that God's wisdom is without limits. And if, and if God's wisdom is not limited, then our thoughts can break crippling boundaries. Let me just say this, I, I was praying over you this week and the Lord says, there are some of you that feel suffocated right now. You feel like the walls are closing in on you. You feel like you can't break out of the malaise. It's almost like the constant bombardment of politics and social issues has so consumed our thinking, has made us so myopic in our views that we're, it's hard to break out of that. It's hard to see past that. It's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel and not think it's an oncoming train, right? I mean, we, sometimes we have to be reminded that God is more powerful than our enemies. That God is more powerful than our depression. God is more powerful than the heaviness that wants to control us. God has strength today for you. Listen, New Life Church. God has strength for you today. I've been asking this week, Lord, I need strength. I need you to breathe on me. I need your presence in my life in a way that it's been, it's been a long time since I've been this hungry for God's presence in my life. Now why? I believe the world is getting darker and I don't see it changing much in the next uh, 10 years. You read your Bible, when Christ returns, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. But he's gonna come back into a broken world and make things right. I cannot guarantee you that our world is going to get any better. What I can guarantee you today is that God's presence will be poured out upon a people who ask for his presence. I want it. He says, in the last days, listen, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on my sons and my daughters. 
and men and women will prophesy. Now, why in the last days does he pour out his spirit on a group of people and ask them to prophesy? Because we have in the power of our words, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to penetrate the darkness. We have got to speak life today. New Life Church, speak life. There is death all around us and the world is starving. And we have within us the containers of heaven. That, listen, we're not, we're, God does not dwell in a temple built by man's hands anymore. God dwells in us. I am the carrier of good news. It's in me. It's, I have containers full of his grace inside of me. Speak it out, New Life Church. This is what Solomon did. Solomon had been granted immeasurable wisdom. Listen, we're all born with limitations, but it's God's wisdom is the path forward. Quit focusing on your limitations. Quit focusing on the suffocating condition of our world and stand above it. Rise above it. Stand up. Square your shoulders. Look ahead. Follow the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Walk with the Lord in these days. Listen, you need to cling to God right now. Cling to him. Come alongside him. This is, this is in me because this is my prayers for myself and my son, my daughter, for Pam and all three of her cats. I'm saying, Lord, we need you. <laughs> we have more cats and children now. I'm sorry to confess that. I probably need to give up my man card, but it's, it's the reality of my house. Let me tell you this. So when I'm reading this passage this week again, I'm reading it like I, I, I oftentimes when I'm studying for these messages, and I, I've read 1 Kings chapter 4 200 times in, in my past, if, if not more. But I said, Lord, I want to read this in a fresh new way this week. And as I'm reading this passage, it, it made me realize that God's wisdom actually makes us curious. There's a curiosity that we're missing. In other words, is there a longing? All curiosity is it. Write this down, please. Curiosity is a longing to know more. Curiosity is a desire to grow. Curiosity is the fuel that causes us to pick up a book that we've never read, to watch something that we need to see. Curiosity causes us to look at something and ask for new revelation. It's the same curiosity that caused the wise men to get up from their studies and to get on their donkeys and on their camels and find baby Jesus. See, the wise men stayed curious. New Life Church, I wanna ask you, for all of you that are experienced, you're not old, but you're experienced, and your hair's not gray, it's chrome, I get that. I'm getting a lot more chrome in my beard. I'm becoming, I think I'm middle-aged. I'm the same age as middle-aged people which is very strange to me. <laughs> Here's something at 56 years old that I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose the childlike curiosity, the, the wonder, the awe of our faith. I, I know this may shock some of you, but I don't know everything there is to know about God. I don't know all the things about his spirit yet. I don't understand all of his ways, but I want to. I want to know him. And see, what, what I love about Solomon is that Solomon would walk around his garden and he would notice 
the plants. He would notice the birds. He knew things about reptiles and mammals and fish. He was, there was a wisdom unlocks the curiosity of the human heart. And some of us, listen, I want to remain an interesting human being. I, I, want, to, I want to be constantly learning and growing and discovering. Well, that only happens when we ask for wisdom. And then wisdom says, if you want to keep learning, if you want to keep growing, then go to places you've never been, read things you've never read before, meet people that you've never met before, keep that curiosity alive in your human heart. And what happens is life becomes more enjoyable. Like the meanest people I know are people who have lost their curiosity. The most fascinating people I know are people that ask good questions that are, are, are uniquely interested in you. Those are the people you wanna hang around, right? People that are truly interested in the world around them. They're, they're open to hearing new perspectives. I have a great friend and this week I said, let's, let's talk about politics without fighting. He goes, okay. I said, so I'm gonna say some things that you may not agree with and I want you to listen to me. And I want you to say some things that I'm gonna disagree with and I promise to listen to you. For about three hours we sat and talked this week. It was so enjoyable to hear someone disagree with me without fighting, without arguing. And I'm right, he's wrong, but I, listen, I don't, get a, I don't get all worked up about it. And I actually wanted to hear his perspective. I wanted to hear what he was thinking about. Listen, that's the curiosity that keeps us human. You know what I really wanna do when I get to the end of my life? I wanna be a really good human being. That's my goal. You know what that means? It means I cry when I'm supposed to cry. I laugh when I'm supposed to laugh. And I learn everything about the world around me. That's what makes us good human beings. And that's what Solomon is saying here. He says, listen, our spiritual senses are sharpest when we're exploring, when you're discovering, when you're taking new ground. Listen, when was the last time you tried new food? When was the last time you met someone that you knew you were going to disagree with, but you were uniquely interested in their story? This is what evangelism is. Evangelism is getting out of our comfortable bubbles, getting out of our comfortable spaces, taking some risk, challenging ourselves to grow. So I wrote down some things this week and I thought about myself, why do we stay stuck and make these unwise choices? What causes all this? Let me give you four things real quickly, okay? A very practical application. You can take this to your Monday morning life and use it, I promise you. Here's the first thing, we're immature. No one has taught us. And that's my goal here today is to, is to push you a little bit. So if you say, well, Pastor Brady's kind of meddling with me right now. Yes, I am. That is my goal as a pastor is to kind of nudge you. I'm not here to shove you. I'm just here to nudge you towards something today. Learn how to stay curious. Learn how to have a conversation. Teach yourself. So immaturity is the number one reason why we stay stuck. Number two is we're tired. Listen, we need more naps. Somebody say amen to me. There is a spiritual gift of napping. And I speak that over you today for you to fall asleep in ugly napping. I mean, we have to wake up and wipe stuff off. I'm talking about napping, <laughs> going down into a dark space in your mind and your body being restored. 
Most of you are more tired than you think. Emotionally. And it's not just physical tired. Emotional fatigue. Spiritual fatigue. Listen, I'm asking, what Pam and I are doing right now is we are actually limiting. We're actually doing less in our life so that we can do more of the important things in our life. We are, we are minimalizing our schedule, minimalizing our outside intakes so that we can be better prepared to do the important things that God's called us to do. And I think you should have that conversation in your house. What is it that we're doing right now that's really not necessary? And you'll be shocked at how many things you can write down that really are not necessary. God didn't ask you to do it. And if God didn't ask you to do it, then stop doing it so that you can be rested. All right, here's the third one. This is really actually probably the one that most people is uh, it's a DUI. Decisions under the influence. <laughs> you can fill in the blank for whatever's influencing you, but listen, two glasses of wine makes for foolish decisions. I mean, this is, this is what people, this is happening across the culture right now. I can always tell when someone's had a couple extra ones. I can watch their Facebook posts almost, you know? It's like, well, that was a third glass right there talking. <laughs> Listen, if you're, if you're allowing your brain to be corrupted by things, you're going to make bad choices. Listen, I have a hard enough time making good choices when I'm completely sober. So why would I put something in my body that's gonna make me really be a knucklehead? Just be careful about what you're allowing in. I'm not just talking about alcohol, I'm talking about anything that you allow that, 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 that somehow changes your demeanor, that somehow makes you compromised. Make sure you're not compromising yourself. And that way, when it comes time to make good decisions, I can make clear-minded. The Bible says be sober-minded and alert because your devil, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But that whole phrase starts off with be sober-minded and alert. Here's the fourth one, pride. No one can teach us. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm right, you're wrong. Everyone else needs to bow to my opinion. That's pride. And listen, the number one sin in the Bible that God despises more than any other sin. If you want, to, you want to rank the sins, this one gets the most attention in the scriptures is good old-fashioned pride. Pride comes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. It is pride. Listen, the, 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 the most beautiful people that I hang around, and I have some great friends, the people that I hang around are humble. They are easy, they, they can be taught. They can be corrected. They have multiple people in their lives that can tell them no. They're not weak, they're not passive, but humility is something that is intoxicating to the Lord. Listen, it just, it's amazing to me how many times humble people win and prideful people lose. It's just amazing to me, right? Humble people win. They win in life, they win in their marriage, they win as parents, they just win all the time. Why? Because God blesses the humble. He comes close to those who are meek. Blessed are the meek, blessed are those who mourn. It's the, it's the teachable spirit that God desires from all of us. Let me show you this to you in Ecclesiastes. I love this story. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 13, he says, I also saw under the sun 
this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. He said, there was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege works against it. Now there lived in that city a man, poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom, but nobody remembered that poor man. Listen to this. So I said, wisdom is better than strength. New Life Church, just listen to that one more time. We focus in the American culture on what? Strength. But the Bible says, actually, wisdom will beat strength every single day. Listen, there are some strong people that have lined themselves against some of you. They have more money, more power, more influence. They're stronger than you. Let me tell you what defeats strength every single time. Wisdom. And that is, an, you have access to an abundance of wisdom. You may never be rich, you may never be powerful, you may never have great influence, but you can be a wise person. You have the, the wisdom of heaven at your disposal 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that wisdom will beat strength every single time. Because strength is often accumulated by pride. Strength actually comes to people through pride, but power comes to God's people through wisdom. Ask for wisdom, listen to what he says. But the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are no longer heeded. Listen to this, the quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. If that's not 2023 in America right now, listen very carefully. The, the, the quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of the rulers of fools. Listen, quiet words of the wise. In other words, wisdom often whispers to us. Listen, this is why it's so important that you quiet your soul during the day. This is why if you're constantly surrounded by noise, if you wake up and turn on the news, if you wake up and there's constant loud activity around you, you're gonna miss out on the whisper of the wise. This is why when I wake up, I don't sleep, I know this is shocking, this is so not 2023, but I actually don't sleep in the same room with my phone. My phone is actually downstairs away from me. If you need to call me in the middle of the night, I'm not answering. If you knock on my door, I may hear it, but don't do that. <laughs> Listen. I, 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 do, I did that about 12 or 13 years ago. I made a decision to separate myself from anxiety, from information. So at night, I put my phone down. I go up to my room. There are no phones. There's no, I, I don't have access to it. And what happens, you know what happens? My, my mind and my soul start exhaling. And I start breathing. Listen, you, you should never allow your teenagers to have their phone in their room at night. Don't, that, that's, that's just destruction waiting. Their phones don't go with them. T plug your phone in and leave it. Learn to quiet your soul, to steady your heart. And by the way, your sleep gets better. You get REM sleep, you, you, start, you get better dreams. Can you imagine scrolling through the political malaise right now and then going to sleep with that in your soul? I, what is in your soul as you close your eyes? He says, 
That's better than the shouts of a ruler of fools. The world is shouting at you. God wants to whisper to you. I'm, I'm here today to tell you that I, can, I hear the whispers of the Lord. I hear him speak to me. I, and all of us can do that. That's not unique to me. I am led by the Spirit of God all day because I've learned to listen to the whisper. Listen to Matthew 10, we're gonna end with this. Matthew chapter 10. He says, this is Jesus talking. Behold, I send you out today, New Life Church, in the midst of wolves. I don't know, it feels like that to me, doesn't it? That there's, it doesn't feel safe out there sometimes. What he's saying is, Jesus never promised us safety. He didn't tell us that we would live in a bubble of safety. He says, therefore, because that's what's happening, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Let the wisdom of the Lord fill your soul today. First Kings 4 is a call to all of us to allow wisdom to invade our space, to quiet our soul, to allow his wisdom to permeate us to saturate us, to do holy work in us. New Life Church, we're about to stand in just a moment. I'm praying today for holy work, sacred work to happen in every soul, every mind, every heart in the room. Would you stand with me this morning and let's pray together for that. Would you pray for the people around you? I had a, had a man said, you know, Pastor Brady, I've been watching people walk into the church. He said, he said, several months ago, the Lord started speaking to him, not just to walk into new life and ignore the people around him. He said, I know that sounds foolish, but I was really just walking in, focused on myself. He said, but a few months ago, I started looking around as people were walking in around me. And he said, the Lord began to show me that people are tired, they're afraid, they need hope. Listen, there are people all around you right now. There are people within 30 feet of you right now that need Jesus. They need hope. They need strength. They need to be filled with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I want you to do two things. I want you to pray for yourself. It's totally okay to put your max on first before helping others. The airlines got that right. But then I want you to pray for the people around you as well. Can we take a moment just to do that? Father, we need wisdom. We need hope, we need healing. For many people in the room and for many people watching online, we just need salvation. So we ask today, if you're far away from Jesus, I just got good news for you, Jesus has come near to you. And all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So if that's you today, just call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus, you are near, Jesus, you are with me. Jesus, I choose to follow you with all of my heart, all of my soul. Father, I pray today that our minds and hearts would hear the whisper of the Lord and not the shouts of fools. The world is shouting at us, but you're whispering to us today. So Lord, now I pray for myself, but also pray for my brothers and sisters in this room with me. I do not know what they're going through. I, I cannot see the inner recesses of their hearts and minds, but you do. And you love them, you care for them, you have died for them, you were resurrected for them. And I ask right now that you would overwhelm them with your goodness and your grace. 
I pray today that you would anoint them. I pray today that they would feel your strength. They would understand your love for them. And that you would radically change their hearts and minds. Father, I bless them. I pray your blessings upon them. We're gonna to worship together. Just keep your hearts turned toward the Lord. Those of you that serve the communion, would you come down right now? Those of you that serve the cup and the... And as we worship, the ushers will give you instructions. But this is the time when we come to the table of the Lord. And the Bible says, don't come to the table of the Lord unless you confess. So maybe take a minute while you're standing there and say, Father, today I ask for forgiveness and grace. I haven't done everything I'm supposed to do this week. I haven't loved my neighbor as I should probably. But Lord, would you just come and fill me with your grace. And as you walk, would you come and take the bread and take the cup and go back to your seat. And in just a few minutes, Pastor Brad will lead us to the table of the Lord. Come to the table.
Go ahead and grab your elements. Some of you have already noticed we have new communion cups. So check out this wafer, man. This is next level right here. <laughs> We're going square instead of circle, keeping things really interesting. You know, it's an amazing thing to come to the table of the Lord, knowing that every single one of us is invited to this table. The Lord says, come here. I want to show you something. I want to show you the way of wisdom. You know, Brady said something that just resonated so deeply in my heart. He said that there is a whisper of wisdom, that the whispers of God are coming our direction. And the question is, can we hear them? And at the table is one of those places where we slow down a bit and God whispers something to us. There's a curiosity that should be provoked in us when we come to the table of the Lord, because this is a profound mystery, that God himself laid down his life for us, that we might be made new, that we might be made whole, that we might have access to God anytime, anywhere, no matter what we're going through. Are you serious? Yes, this is what the table represents. So let's just take a second here, and I just want you to ask all of us together, Lord, what might you whisper to my heart as I partake of this bread and of this cup? God, give us ears to hear. Maybe he's just simply saying, I see you, I love you, I know you. You're welcome here. You're safe here. All that past stuff, it's forgiven. The places where you feel stuck, I have power to get you out of that place. Maybe he's just saying, peace, be still. Maybe he's lifting anxiety or depression off of you. Maybe he's changing your mind about a circumstance that you're facing. He is speaking wisdom to you right now. Can you hear it? Can you receive it? On the night the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had broke it, he blessed it and he said, this is my body. Whenever you partake, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. And now the cup for the washing of our sins and the covenant he's made. Let's take it. Let's sing to the Lord.
what a morning we've had together, celebrating who God is, how amazing He is. You know, I'm so grateful for our pastor. That word this morning was so from the heart of God. Thank you, Pastor Brady. Really amazing. Sometimes he walks down and I, I try to express how good it was. I just kind of fumble over my words like, incredible, savage. You crushed it. I, didn't, I, didn't, I have run out of words. Just so good. You know it's a good sermon when you, you walk away with two things. When you think, I need to go talk to God about this, process with him, and I gotta go talk to somebody else about this, process with another human being. Really beautiful. Um, I've got good news for you as we close our service. We are starting section community parties back today. So I think there's actually like fewer sections not having parties than there are those having parties. So if you're in three, four, five, eight, nine, ten, you get food today, right? So go to those rooms, Activity Center Room 161. Enjoy a time of connection and food. Also, I want to invite our prayer team to come forward. If you have any need whatsoever, don't rush out of here. Come pray. We've got pastors and leaders coming forward. One more thing. As you walk out these doors to the left, we have a place called Connect Central. It's all about taking your next steps at New Life, connecting in with the family, meeting some leaders and pastors. Did you guys enjoy being here this morning? The Lord's amazing. Let me bless you as you go. Father, will you bless your people today? As we leave this place, will you put a song in our heart? Will you pour out your spirit upon us again? Will you make us salt and light in a broken world? And will you grant us peace, I pray, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, have a great week. See you soon.